0: this is a flashbooks audio summary on zero to one notes on startups or how to build the future by peter thiel and blake masters overview zero to one is essentially a collection of lectures delivered by peter thiel during his teaching years at stanford Along with co-author and former student Blake Masters, Thiel has put together a hard-hitting set of standards for entrepreneurs, startups, and thought leaders to carefully consider when building the next big thing of the future. But why listen to Thiel? Well, Peter Thiel has played a role in partnering with, inspiring, and or investing in some of the most successful technology entrepreneurs in the United States, and probably the world, including names such as Elon Musk, who founded SpaceX and co-founded Tesla Motors, Reid Hoffman, who co-founded LinkedIn, Steve Chen, Chad Hurley, and Jawed Karim, who together founded YouTube, Jeremy Stoppelman and Russell Simmons, who founded Yelp, David Sachs, who co-founded Yammer, and himself, of course, Peter Thiel, in addition to the work he's done with these individuals, also founded PayPal and Palantir. Oh, and by the way, all of the above-named companies are also worth at least $1 billion each. That's a serious chunk of change. Now, reading Zero to One is sort of like taking a peek into the mind of one of the most successful multi-billionaire investors alive today. And in this book summary, we're going to get into the top 10 to 12 key takeaways from the book, including the do's and don'ts of startups, what to focus on when building a startup, and insights on building a billion-dollar startup that stands the test of time. Are you ready? Let's get into it with big idea number one, which is learn to go from zero to one. Quote, doing what we already know how to do takes the world from one to N, adding more of something familiar. But every time we create something new, we go from zero to one. The act of creation is singular, as is the moment of creation, and the result is something fresh and something strange. Teal Thiel spends a great deal of the preface and first chapter putting into perspective the difference between going from one to n doing more of what, what's already been done versus going from zero to one, which is doing something that's never been done. Bottom line, challenge the status quo. Really and truly do your best to quote unquote think differently and to go from zero to one rather than from one to N. The key here is innovation. Innovation gets thrown around in companies and different corporate cultures as a buzzword, but the real meaning, the true meaning of innovation, is creating and doing something totally new. Something totally new. Big idea number two. Don't be afraid to ask contrarian questions. Quote, conventional beliefs only ever appear arbitrary and wrong in retrospect. Whenever one collapses, we call the old belief a bubble. But the distortions caused by bubbles don't disappear when they pop. The internet craze of the 1990s was the best bubble since the crash of 1929, and the lessons learned afterward define and distort almost all thinking about technology today. The first step to thinking clearly is to question what we think we know about the past." That last sentence was so good it deserves to be repeated. The first step to thinking clearly is to question what we think we know about the past. Far too often, we make premature conclusions about business based on misinterpreted reactions to past mistakes. For example, just because investors over-invested in technology in the late 1990s that dot-com era that we all know about, doesn't mean that entrepreneurs of today should become strict adherents to being as quote-unquote lean as possible in their business approach. The bottom line is that the past does not equal the future. According to Thiel, the business mistakes of the past have dictated the approach entrepreneurs decide to take for the future. For example. Silicon Valley entrepreneurs learned four big lessons from the dot-com crash that still guides business thinking today, making incremental advances, staying lean and flexible, that means no plan but lots of iteration, improving on the competition, and fourthly, to focus on product, not sales. According to Thiel, the four lessons above were mistakenly accepted as dogma for the modern-day startup because of the mistakes of the past proposing the opposite principles instead. Saying that it is better to risk boldness than triviality. A bad plan is better than no plan. Competitive markets destroy profits. And, of course, sales matter just as much as product. So the actionable insights from this big idea are as follows. Instead of doing the absolute opposite of something that didn't work in the past, think for yourself and formulate an informed hypothesis of whether it might work in your own particular situation. Next, constantly ask yourself when considering a new project or endeavor, what important truth do very few people agree with you on? Also keep in mind the business version of that same exact question. What valuable company is nobody building yet? Big idea number three avoid competition. Quote Americans mythologize competition and credit it with saving us from socialist breadlines. Actually, capitalism and competition are opposites. Capitalism is premised on the accumulation of capital, but under perfect competition, all profits get competed away. The lesson for entrepreneurs is clear. If you want to create and capture lasting value, don't build an undifferentiated commodity business. Unquote. I don't know about you, but I've been in more negative competition related situations in life than positive ones. For me, competing with people has resulted in some pretty nasty things. Feelings get hurt, friendships and bonds begin to break, and bad blood starts to form. And this applies to business too. The main idea here is that creating trumps competing. Focusing on the competition works well in a narrowly defined activity, like swimming, for instance. But if you're trying to build a company, the only thing you'll get out of focusing on the competition is a one-way ticket to bankruptcy court. So rather than wasting your time and your efforts and your energy focusing on the competition, it's better to focus on dominating all of or a majority of a small defined niche market. Big idea number four, build a monopoly. Quote, Monopoly means new products that benefit everybody and sustainable profits for the creator. Competition means no profits for anybody, no meaningful differentiation, and a struggle for survival. So why do people believe that competition is healthy? The answer is, is that competition is not just an economic concept or a simple convenience that individuals and companies must deal with in the marketplace. More than anything else, competition is an ideology, the ideology that pervades our society and distorts our thinking. We preach competition, internalize its necessity, and enact its commandments. And as a result, we trap ourselves in it, even though the more we compete, The less we gain. So, what's a monopoly? A monopoly is a company that has the majority of control over a specific market. The greatest example of a modern day monopoly is Google. Here are some characteristics of a monopoly. Most monopolies with large cash flows seem to share the following characteristics. Teal warns, by the way, that this is not a checklist, but a list of common characteristics in successful monopolies that you should think about through the lens of your own business. Here they are. The first characteristic is proprietary technology. This is the biggest advantage a company can set up for itself, because it's the aspect of your business that makes it difficult to replicate. For example... Google's algorithm has made it the best search engine that we know of thus far, in large part due to the fact that Bing, Yahoo, and others can't replicate it or couldn't replicate it as fast as they wanted to or in order to keep up. Now, in order to create an advantage like this for yourself, you need to aim for a 10x improvement on whatever it is that you're doing anything less, and you risk being known for nothing more than a marginal improvement. When you can improve upon something by 10x, by 10x or more, then you've made it difficult for others to catch up. Think about what PayPal did when they created the first payment system to allow transactions to be conducted with email, at least a 10x improvement on payment transfers slash acceptance. Think about what Apple did when they realized that the iPad could be a huge potential profit cow for them. They released the iPad, which was at least a 10x improvement on tablets, which many of us never even knew existed before an iPad came out, and probably because they were too hard to use. Apple simplified it and thus created a 10x improvement on tablets in general as a category. Think about what Amazon did when they became the world's largest Bookstore, effectively replacing brick and mortars like Barnes & Noble as the go-to place to buy books. The next characteristic are network effects. To leverage people's ability to spread a product and generate virility by sharing it with others. That's the definition of network effects. Think about Facebook, YouTube, Vine, Twitter. Next, economies of scale. This means to ensure you build a product that scales. Twitter is scalable by design. A yoga business is not scalable by design. Although not impossible to scale, it is inherently more complicated to continue growing in comparison to something like Twitter. Tweet, tweet. Next, and finally, is branding. Branding and positioning is important but only if there's something substantially valuable underneath it. So, bottom line here is to dominate a specific niche and then scale. Start with a small target market and focus on it. Once you've succeeded, then broaden your horizons from there. This is what the most successful companies do. Think about Amazon. Jeff Bezos deliberately started with the intention of making Amazon the world's largest bookstore. Once that happened, he expanded into adjacent markets. Remember also to avoid becoming a disruption. Don't do it. Don't become a disruption. Napster was a disruption. Remember them? They disrupted the music recording industry almost overnight and became massively huge as a result of doing so and then they ended up filing for bankruptcy shortly thereafter. Avoid startup ideas that disrupt and compete. This sounds counterintuitive at first because many new businesses want to promote like crazy and let the competition know that there's a new sheriff in town. But in all actuality, the best approach in the beginning is to avoid these tactics, as they may sometimes lead to problems a startup should not be dealing with. Actionable insights from this big idea? First, remember to niche first and expand later. Nextly, just keep in mind to not disrupt and avoid competing. Do not disrupt and avoid competing. Create something that contributes to the overall growth of the industry or market that you're serving instead. Big idea number five. Become a definite optimist. Quote, Hundreds of people have started multiple, multi-million dollar businesses. A few, like Steve Jobs, Jack Dorsey, and Elon Musk, have created several multi-billion dollar companies. If success were mostly a matter of luck, these kinds of serial entrepreneurs probably wouldn't exist. In January 2013, Jack Dorsey, founder of Twitter and Square, tweeted to his 2 million followers, Success is never accidental, unquote. Some folks say that successful people are lucky. The truth is that this is rarely ever the case. When an individual succeeds at something, they usually planned on making that happen. So if you want to become successful, whether with a startup or a personal endeavor, here's what Teal recommends. Figure out what you want and why you want it. Develop a long term plan for the future and execute against it strategically. Big idea number six leverage the power of exponential growth. Quote, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have in abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. Unquote. Matthew chapter 25, verse 29. Albert Einstein supposedly made the same observation as the one I just mentioned from the Bible when he stated that compound interest was the eighth wonder of the world, or the greatest mathematical discovery of all time, or even the most powerful force in the universe. Supposedly, this quote from Einstein was actually misattributed, but no one's sure. But regardless of whether he said it or not, the power... The power of exponential growth remains without a doubt one of the most powerful phenomena known to man and woman. So keep that in mind as you go about building your businesses and creating powerful forces of technology for the future. Exponential growth is a very, very powerful force. Big idea number seven. Follow the power law. Quote Power law distributions are so big that they hide in plain sight. For example, when most people outside Silicon Valley think of venture capital, they might picture a small and quirky coterie like ABC's Shark Tank, only without commercials. After all, Less than 1% of new businesses started each year in the US receive venture funding. In total, VC investment accounts for less than 0.2% of GDP. But the results of those investments disproportionately propel the entire economy. Venture backed companies create 11% of all private sector jobs. They generate annual revenues equivalent to an astounding 21% of GDP. Indeed, the dozen largest tech companies were all venture-backed. Together, those 12 companies are worth more than $2 trillion. More than all other tech companies combined. Unquote. The power law tells us essentially what Pareto's principle tells us. The efforts of the few, or 20%, are responsible for the majority of results, or the 80%. So keep that in mind as you go about building your own business. Big idea number eight. Assemble a team of startup superstars. Quote, The first team that I built has become known in Silicon Valley as the PayPal Mafia because so many of my former colleagues have gone on to help each other start and invest in successful tech companies. We sold PayPal to eBay for $1.5 billion in 2002. Since then, Elon Musk has founded SpaceX and co-founded Tesla Motors. Reid Hoffman co-founded LinkedIn. Steve Chen, Chad Hurley, and Javed Karim together founded YouTube. Jeremy Stoppelman and Russell Simmons founded Yelp. Dave Sachs co-founded Yammer, and I co-founded Palantir. Today, all seven of those companies are worth more than $1 billion each, unquote. Quote by author Peter Thiel. Wow. How many people can say that they inspired, advised, hired, and or worked with people like the ones that we were just mentioned above? These are some of the coolest, most innovative companies of the 21st century, so far at least. So what's the secret? What's the secret behind these types of teams, these types of billion dollar firms? According to Thiel, it's actually pretty simple. First, you wanna have your team focus on one big thing. In Thiel's words, his ability to assemble teams that build billion dollar companies lies within his focus on making every person in the company responsible for doing just one thing. Every employee's one thing was unique. And everyone knew that he would be evaluated on only that one thing. Why just one big thing? Because defining roles reduces conflict. Quote, Most fights inside a company happen when colleagues compete for the same responsibilities. Startups face an especially high risk of, of this since job roles are fluid at the early stages. Eliminating competition makes it easier for everyone to build the kinds of long-term relationships that transcend mere professionalism. More than that, internal peace is what enables a startup to survive at all. When a startup fails, we often imagine it succumbing to predatory rivals in a competitive ecosystem, but every company is also its own ecosystem, and factional strife makes it vulnerable to outside threats. That right there, my friends, is a biggie. Here are some action steps you can take to start planning and putting into play for your own startup or business or team or organization as of right now. Make sure that everyone does or focuses on one big thing and nothing more. Hire people that want to work for you because they believe in what you and the organization believe. Make sure... Everyone gets along, and don't be afraid to hire people who are a little obsessive about their work. It's not always a bad thing. Big idea number nine, sell, sell, sell. Quote, if you've invented something new, but you haven't invented an effective way to sell it, you have a bad business, no matter how good the product may be. Unquote. This is so true. If all you do is build it, they will not come because you've got to make sure that you distribute that awesome new product or program or service or software as well. Unfortunately, though, many of the most intelligent folks in the world, namely engineers, don't believe in sales or believe that the product will sell itself. The truth is, The product won't sell itself. We need to get up and take actionable steps towards distributing the product once we've designed it. Actionable insights. Figure out what you need to do to ensure you're distributing your products, programs, or services via the appropriate channels. Will it be personal selling? Will you need to take out ads? Will you need to generate some PR attention? it would be wise to figure it out and make it happen. Otherwise, your business is doomed because no one will know about it. Big idea number 10. Think about the future. Quote, Our task today is to find singular ways to create the new things that will make the future not just different, but better. To go from zero to one. The essential first step is Is to think for yourself. Only by seeing our world anew, as fresh and strange as it was to the ancients who saw it first, can we both recreate it and preserve it for the future. It's up to you and I, regardless of whether we're entrepreneurs or intrapreneurs working within an organization. The decisions we make today determine the success or lack thereof that we experience tomorrow. So I challenge you, as Teal does in this phenomenal book, to think critically about what you want to do with your business or your career or your life and the ultimate impact that it will have on the future. Do you want to do something familiar, something ordinary, something average, or do you want to do something extraordinary, something that no one has done or seen before? Thinking ordinary gets you from 1 to N. Thinking extraordinary gets you from 0 to 1. Now, let's go build the future. Thank you for listening to this Flashbooks audio summary on 0 to 1 by Peter Thiel and Blake Masters, narrated by Dean Bakari.